Welcome to Lonely Dennis Week podcast tonight. It's a promotion special. That's right. We've managed to grab everybody who had no plans tonight. We're all sat here with a lovely drink each. And we're getting ready to talk a little bit about Bolton Wanderers now of the championship. So, on the back of what was one of the best Sundays in living memory, I'm joined by the lovely Rob Latham. Rob, welcome back to the pod. It's been a while. It has been a while. Thanks, Chris. No, no, it's great to have you back on, mate. Great to have you back on. Making his debut tonight, we've got Ian Firth. Ian, good evening. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely welcome as well. Liam, Liam O'Mara, good mate. How are you doing? Good, good. Nice to drag you away from the snooker for five minutes to come and give us a little chat about both. I'm always available. Always available. Always available. We've got a man dubbed this morning the most influential football journalist in the UK, Mr. Mark Hiles. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> yes, yeah. How <laughs> deigned you fit for my presence. Yes, yes, that's right. After <laughs> complex dealings with your agent, your representative, we've and again, Mark's joining us for the pod. Also joining us now, we've got Matt. Matt, how are you doing, pal? Yeah, not too bad. First time I did, it's like the 18th or 19th or something. Yeah, that's that's right. So we'll look forward to welcoming you to Lunchpod 138. We've got uh, Will. Will as well has been making his presence known last couple of weeks on the site and on the pod. Will, how are you doing, pal? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Oh, not so bad. Will had a behind-the-scenes viewpoint and everything on Sunday, so we'll have a word with you about that later on. Mr Wilson, Thomas Wilson, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to this Royal Rumble edition of the podcast. Oh. <laughs> I knew I could count on you, mate. I knew I could count on you. And then we got Tom Jenkins as well. Tom, good evening, mate. Here. Welcome back. Welcome. Thank you very much, Chris. Looking forward to making my debut. Absolutely. So that's, that totally totally negates me. Welcome back message. Fantastic. There's <laughs> 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 about 80 of these, so you have to forgive me if, if a few things blurred. So no, you're right, Chris. Oh, so yeah, and we usually have Dan doing this role, and I'm sort of trying to remember why now I, I passed that responsibility over to him. But anyway, it is now Bank Holiday Monday late on. We are reflecting on the fact that Bolton Wanderers did the job. They came into the game against Peterborough tomorrow, needing a point or, or a victory, preferably, in order to secure championship status. And championship status, we did. 3 0 it was, relatively straightforward performance. I'm going to go around you all in a moment or two quickly just to get your opinions, your man of the match, and also your. Hopefully for the future of somewhere ahead. We're not going to call it too long individually, just because there's so many of us. But we are going to maybe introduce a slight, uh, slight curveball in the form of the first ever line of being a drinking game. That's right. What we're going to do is grab a little key, a keyword, which I haven't decided yet, so I'm going to think of it off the top of my head in a moment. And when that keyword is spoken, I would invite all of you, participants, listeners alike, have a good old deep swig or whatever you've got in front of you, and we'll see what takes us over the course of the night. So my decision, and no one else is going to disagree with me because it's my website, I'll do whatever the hell I want, is <laughs> good to be word Marais. Every time Marais gets mentioned, I want everyone to take a massive swig, so that's two mentions so far, lads, so that's to join me. <laughs> oh, Marais, and then that's three. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. Hello, this guy. This could be the future. Mr. Mark Isles, journalist, famous journalist, influential journalist. Going going into the game yesterday, did you have any fears whatsoever? Uh, From my point of view, I was fully confident all the way the boys were going to do it. Even with the most stokish sort of Wembley memories in your back of your mind, was there any doubt that we were going to go and get the job done? Not not sort of like two or three days before, and I think a week or so before, 
I was I was starting to doubt it, but I think um, you know, having spoken to Parky on the I think on the Friday, I just thought, yeah, he's got this. This is this is this is okay. This I think he said that the lads had been at it at training and you know that the, the attitude was right and he didn't have any concerns at all and you know the whole place was just so relaxed when I got there in the morning it was uh, you know spot on really so uh, no I was I was okay once the game got started once well I certainly lost that first couple of minutes that was it sorted completely agree I think we had maybe one or two slight wobbles here and there but the lads defended manfully as they have throughout the season Ian, same question to you. Uh, we spoke in the in the pub before, and then you were you were a confident, laid back type. Um, did that mask slip at any point, or were you all similarly assured that things were going to go our way for once? Yeah, I must admit I surprised myself really, but um, I have to say I was fully confident before the game, uh, even during the game. I mean, even for that ten minute spell just before half time when the people seemed to be coming back into it, I, I just I, I just think we just had too much going for us really for this game for it to be anything other than a, than a boat winner for it to be honest completely agree with you Liam um, same question to you with a slight twist um, was there any particular player that stood up for, out for you if you could just answer the first question first and then maybe refer to Portuguese winger perhaps at some point <laughs> that'd be helpful <laughs> well, to be fair I was actually going to answer with a player because as soon as I saw Jen Carriage and start sprinting around you could just see that everyone was up for it so I didn't I didn't have any concerns that we were going to pull away from it in the end and obviously a few contributions from a few players um yeah we, we, I've never had any doubts to be honest brilliant absolutely agree with you Matt I know we spoke again as well in the pub we had a little uh, meeting shall we say over over a drink or two the, the mood was pretty positive throughout the uh, throughout the team uh, and I don't think there's anything different than that on the pitch would you agree Oh yeah, it was a great performance on the pitch, but you all, you all seem pretty confident. I was shit myself until I third goal. <laughs> but um, I, I witnessed one too many coil 2-0 capitulations and I just, I, I know Parky's different, I know the team's different, but I was, uh, I was cacking it right until I was about the 80th minute. So. But yeah, it was a so great performance. And yeah, I mean, they all stood out really, didn't they? I mean, I agree with Karachan, like, he's, he's proper good, I like him. Definitely, it's been a little, uh, a little reminder, uh, little, sorry, a repeated statement on the little Facebook group we've got where we discuss stories and so on about his, his comparison to Stuart Holden from people who've been to a couple of away games and seem to like his drive and his, his directness, which certainly was reflected on Saturday. Rob, um, obviously I'm viewing it from afar. Did you have any sort of uh, considerations or concerns, or did you think that with Parky in charge, you had that pragmatism? You know, yeah, to see the job through? I was never really worried to be honest. I thought. I always thought we'd beat Peterborough and then looking into the game beforehand, it turned out we'd never lost to Peterborough at home. So that was a pretty good omen coming into it. Um, I thought as soon as I, as soon as we got Murray on the ball, um, <laughs> um, they just looked petrified of him. And he just, I thought every time we got the ball out to him on the right, um, I just, I was really, really confident we were going to win. Um, I thought actually another player I'd like to mention is Lafondra. I thought Lafondra was excellent yesterday. Um, I thought it was probably the brightest I've seen him since I, when I've seen him play. Um, so that's really good to see as well. And um, yeah, to rack up a 3 0 win. To, uh, yeah, nice comprehensive 3 0 win was good to see. Also, Fleetwood didn't win anyway, so we would have been happy if we hadn't. Exactly. So. 
Absolutely. Will, uh, did you think that Medine's game was different, given the fact that he couldn't utilise his physicality quite so much? He had to actually try, I don't mean this to sound, uh, to sound to denigrating to him, he had to actually use more of his sort of football brain as opposed to his physicality, given the fact that he was obviously playing with one arm. Yeah, I mean, I thought he came in, he, he did really well. And obviously, he's only been back a couple of weeks. It, it just seemed like he was the day before the injury, really. Um, it was brilliant in the air. And I mean, I know I, I saw him hold his arm a couple of times. But other than that, you know, he was good with the knockdowns. You know, he played really well alongside LaFonge too because he had a brilliant game as well. Um, Vela, brilliant as well. Um, and Beavers, I thought that tackle just before half-time really saved our bacon, to be honest, because then that mm-hmm. managed to keep us going for the second half and obviously went on to win. Um, but yeah, Medine, star player, really, I think. Yep, fair enough. Uh, Mr Jenkins, now, having seen the highlights back, uh, Beavers had committed that tackle at the opposite end and he'd been on a Bolton player. Would you have been screaming for a penalty, given that he took a hefty chunk of man as well as the ball? i got to be honest with you, Chris, I thought it was a fantastic challenge at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely, yeah. I, I, I thought... When he, when he slid in for that, I was absolutely bricking it because I thought Nichols or Madison, one of the two of them, was going to bury it. And I was, I was terrified of that happening because I thought we'd, we'd, we'd capitulate at that point. So seeing him make that challenge, I, I was celebrating as if it was a goal. I thought it was fantastic. Absolutely fair enough. He's been an absolute revelation, Beavers, hasn't he, this season? I know we're, we might talk about players who, who may or may not uh, stay or leave over the course of the podcast, but I think most of us would agree that Beavers and Weeds are likely to be our, our starting partnership next year. I can't imagine it would be very difficult to agree a new contract with Wheater, especially if they can put it under his nose in the next 24 hours. That <laughs> question would be easy enough, be easy enough wouldn't it? Definitely. Definitely. Tom Wilson, um, your man of the match on, the, on yesterday. Get ready to start drinking, boys. Um, <laughs> it'd probably have to be Marais for me. Um, yep, fair enough. I thought he was excellent. But I'd also like to uh, give a mention to Carrie Champ. Thought he had a really good game. He his, he took his goal so well, and he was just so vibrant in the midfield. Uh, but yeah, it'd have to go to Marais. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're lucky I only did two. Two of what? Sorry. Two uh, mentions. Of... Who? <laughs> oh, uh, Marais. Time to repeat. It's Dambuka now. <laughs> I'd have thought this sort of multi-millionaire lifestyle of the most influential journalist in the UK market would be nothing but the finest uh, Bollinger or something similar. <laughs> it's Kestrel super strength, really. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> On a park bench somewhere, Richard Keyes and Andy Gray's style. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so we've got the man of the match from a couple of people. My own uh, choice would have been Wheater, I think. I, I just that uh, from... From his goal to his defensive performances to the to the time that he just twatted the ball as hard as he possibly could into the top row of the top tier, um, he just summed everything up about the game: the desire, the, the bravery, and the smile he has on his face as well. I must say, there's been a time in the past where that that side of him has aggravated me a little bit, but I think since I've relaxed a bit more this season, um, starting to appreciate his character, and I think that's a, that's really part of his of his performance. And um, so he got Player of the Year as well last night, deservedly. Um, Ian, first come to you. Do you any any Doubts about that? Any disagreements? Um, who would you have given it to if not? Um, I think on the website I went for uh, Anthony Taylor uh, simply because I thought for the first time in, in uh, God knows how long we finally had a left back who, who could play that role. And uh, he, to me, he was just so influential. I know he had a slow start, but um, he just seemed to make the difference on, on that left flank. 
But I, I can't deny it, you know, over this last uh, month or so, uh, particularly, uh, wheat has just been absolutely immense. I mean, that the game uh, uh, the other day uh, against, obviously, the posh, he, he was just everywhere. Um, I don't know if you, you spotted it, but there was, uh, I don't know who it was, there was some uh, uh, Peterborough player, his arms were all over Wheater throughout the whole game. And then Wheater just shrugged him off, and uh, obviously he got that our second goal. Um, no, no, no complaints about that at all. I think he's uh, well deserving of, of the um, the award, and uh, and I do hope we uh, sign him up for next season. Absolutely. Same question to Liam. Uh, your player of the year, please. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I think it's the contributions when they matter most, isn't it? That that are the ones that really count. So it's hard to disagree with anything that Ian just said there. At the time when we did it ourselves about a month ago, I went for Philippe Marais on the back of. The period where I think he turned us to a team that was probably going to finish around the playoffs to a team that was on the verge of automatic with that run of four or five games. So it was between them two, but I suppose Wheater does deserve it on balance. Definitely. I think, you know, I always remember a few years ago in the Premier League, David Ginola won Player of the Year for having been decent for sort of three or four weeks before the Bolton commenced. Uh, and I think Wheater himself has probably benefited from that. Uh, but yeah, over the last month, five, six weeks, I think he's been exceptional. Uh, Mark, uh, obviously attending the, the ceremony last night, did we to put it, do a speech or anything like that at all? He, he said he said words. I'm not, I'm not sure you can necessarily qualify it as a speech. Um, him and he, he pulled when he got his uh, player of the year. He pulled uh, Mark Beavers up, didn't he? He did a bit of sweet Caroline. Um, uh, which was fantastic. There's a, there's a few clips going around online. Yeah, I mean, he was he was certainly rocking and rolling from uh, from very early doors, but I don't, you know, he deserves a deserves a deal night off, I think, and, and I'm sure he does take a, a couple of nights off, but uh, it's part of his charm, I think. He's been in, he's he's done it in third gear, to be fair. You know, this hasn't this hasn't been a, a taxing season for him, and and he'll freely admit it. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's he's very well capable of being a centre half at a, a higher level without the fitness problems that he had, had when he had when he was playing at Bolton, Bolton at that level. Um, I think now he's got that sorted. It'd be really interesting to see how he does next season. Now, I'm, I'm very sure Bolton will, will sign him up on a contract. But now that he's you know he's, he's played 49 times this season. I don't expect he'll score nine goals next year, but I just I, I'll be I'll be interested to see now whether or not he can, you know, he can handle that full season again, and and and, and see whether he can up his game a little bit more. Cause he's, he's obviously going to have to cope with better players and all that sort of stuff, but I think he's a good enough defender to do it. Fully agree. I very much enjoyed him as his and Pratt's interviews on the, the football league show. They're very honest about last season and uh, mm. what they thought they had to do each and every one of them to, to make it up to the supporters and to themselves, I guess, because reputations were, were damaged during the gutter and, and Wheat obviously left and came back for whatever reason, you know, whether that was because nobody else wanted him or because Bolton felt like they could bring him back and, and turn his career around a bit. And it'd be, it'd be hard to argue that uh, that's not happened in certain cases. Uh, Matt, uh, some come to you as well, the same sort of question now, but a couple of votes from the race. That's okay, you should be well ahead of us now. But in terms of players this season, um, some candidates, Bella, Medine, um, who would be on the man of the season? Play of the season? Well, we were on the side, I actually went for Lafondre. Um, it's a bit, of, a bit of an odd one, but I think purely on the context of Clough going, um, who like, had 10 goals by that point, and 
his goal, I was looking today, actually, his goals to minutes ratio was amazing. And obviously he had that sort of talismanic feel about him anyway, even if he wasn't necessarily on fire. I think him coming in almost sort of, uh, sort of remedied the psychological problem of like his star striker leaving. And I thought maybe that was worthy enough of getting a fair season. But I mean, I really can't complain with David Weir. I mean, from start to finish, he's been the best player, sort of, bar none, really. And the other players, yeah, obviously, Moraes has come in and uh, done amazing. And we've had Mark Beavers, who's been brilliant as well. But I think Weir's just been constantly up there. I must say, actually, just talking about the player of the award season dinner, whatever it's called, it's really nice to actually see like players up singing, having a drink with the fans and things like that. It's quite nice not to be in the Premier League and see that sort of, uh, sort of not lack of professionalism, but quite nice to see that connection with the fans. Still. I thought that was quite nice. I'll, I'll miss the lower leagues. <laughs> it's very much an old school sort of way of doing it, isn't it? I guess, you know, the, yeah. the players being so connected with the fans. We had a, a post today by a new writer who's joined the team uh, who mentioned the fact that in the last couple of years, they've not really had much to sing about. Players haven't had many particular no. individual chants, and to some people, that's important. And so, it was good to it's good to see, you know, as, as daft as some of them are, that people are, are loving their players enough to come up with these particular songs. Um, Tom Jenkins as well. Um, do you think there's an argument for Vela or Medine, or, or even Lafondra or Marais <clears throat> to be playing uh, this to be playing the season? I think you know that I love Gary Medin. I think what he's done for us this season has been been fantastic, not necessarily in terms of goal return, although I do think he was unfortunate yesterday to not come away with at least one. Uh, the, the couple of chances he had were good chances and pretty well saved. But no, I think Josh Vellas played very well. I think obviously Wheaton probably deserves it. But I wrote on the site that I thought Jay Spearing was fantastic this year. And I, I came away from the game, uh, the game yesterday thinking that he was absolutely immaculate. I thought so. Pretty much, I would love to have seen his pass completion rate at the end of the game because it must have been in the high 90s. He just got the ball, calm, composed, passed it around brilliantly. He, he, he's a player who's, who's a, you know far too good for this level. And I look forward. I really, really hope we keep him next year. I think he's brilliant. I think that Mark's comment about the third game applies to Spearing, although obviously not yeah. not in the sense that he, he took his foot off the gas in any way at all. But he's clearly able to take games by the scruff of the neck and, and to dominate, which I think we've needed in this division because there's been a lot of games where we've had to dig in and, and grind out a result, you know, the two ones, the one nils and so on, not so many three or four nils, but more, more sort of pragmatic and I think Spurs are exactly the right type of player. I was interested to see when Prattley came on, that uh, he, 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 sorry, Spurs offered Prattley the captain's armband uh, and, and Prattley refused. Obviously, the players all know that Spurs is, is the leader. He's the captain, and perhaps his interview with the, with the television after the game was that he thought that Spoon had the captaincy taken off him unfairly. And I think that's probably a, a view that most of us would echo. Perhaps the wrong thing to do, uh, maybe at the right time, but you know, they rectified it this season. I think Spoon's been absolutely sensational. Um, so that leaves us with Rob, Tom Wilson, and Will. Um, start off with you, Rob. Same question. What, what do you think about your play of the year? Mate? Um, I went for Beavers, but um, I think it's a fair shout between him and Wheater, to be honest. I think I can't remember the last time. Bolton had a solid defence where you sit there at 1-0, you think, we're not going to concede. Um, so to have that this year, I think we won 1-0 quite a lot this year. I don't know how many off the top of my head. But um, yeah, it's nice to sit there and think we're 1-0 up, we're not going to draw, um, we're not going to capitulate. So for Beavers to come in and kind of add that solidity, yeah, he gets my vote. But Wheater equally has uh, been incredible this year. So yeah, I think it's a fair call. Super. Tom Wilson? 
sorry, I had my radio. Um, yeah, my, my player of the year is probably Wita. Um, I can't see past anyone. I can't see past Wita for player of the year. Um, nope. on, on his day, Beavis is the best centre-back in the league. I don't think that's really up for debate. Um, but I think his form has been a little bit more turbulent than Wheater's. So I think Wheater is definitely um, worthy of it. And they c- couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I think we all agree that Wheater's just a great guy off the pitch. And he deserves this. I think he deserves this. He deserves to be recognised for his loyalty to the club, his, um, his good attitude, and his uh, very, very consistent defence. Yeah, and not, not least his dance moves at the same time as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've been joined by Joe. We've been joined by Joe, so we'll come to Joe in a minute. Joe, good evening. You all right? Yeah, evening, Chris. How are you? Very well, matey. Very well. We'll come to you in a second. We're just discussing players of the year, so have a bit of a think. We'll come to you after being to Will. Will, um, obviously, as I said, there are lots of votes for the, you know, the same sort of people. Um, it was your choice. As I wrote on the website, I'm going to have to say Jay Steering. It's just been phenomenal this season. Been the heart of the team, really. Um, but he's just been Mr. Consistent, really. If you're talking star player, maybe I'd have, I'd have said Wheater. Um, but based on on recent form, perhaps Murray. Um, <laughs> Joe, welcome to the podcast. Every time Murray's name is mentioned, you have to have a swig of whatever you're drinking. All right, well, I've got a Kelly Punk IPA, so I'll have a swig of that just now. Yeah, there you go. Super. Well, please carry on. But um, no, ultimately, I'm, I'm going to say you're spirit. Excellent, excellent choice, and uh, one that I'm sure we could all get on board with. Uh, Joe, right, you've had 30 seconds to think about it. Play of the year, off you go. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, there's obviously a, you, you, there's loads of people to pick from, isn't there? Wheater, Beavers, Spearing have all been so consistent and so vital. But uh, Maurice, just, uh, hey. just make it work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think. I'll also stick with what I wrote the other week. I think um, I think Bella for me really is it just just is the consistency he's reached this season, but also the the he sort of seems to be integral to the way that we play. I mean, I think you could draft other people in and out of other positions, but Bella's pressing from the front has, has really disrupted things. I think at a level doesn't allow them to play one ball. In fact, from what I've seen. Um, and and just the way he sort of stepped up another level from last season himself, he's become so important for us. And I think uh, that, that, that's why I pick Bella and myself. But would, you say that, other players, would you say but... that Bella knocks out the competition? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bella, yeah uh, not, pre- not prepared to wait or retreat when it comes to the end of the game. That's that's for sure. <laughs> Bless his little socks. One player that I thought was exceptional as well yesterday and that has really, really, really turned himself around. Not so much in the, the sort of weeds of Beavis, it was Devit. Oh, Devit was absolutely phenomenal yesterday. And I think that's maybe the first time I've ever, ever said that. Uh, Mark, <laughs> come to you on that one. I, and obviously, he's been really impressive since he came back in for, for whatever reason. But do you think there's a chance that Devit might be looking to stay? I mean, his options abroad might be, might be increased by the performances he's been putting in. Yeah, I mean that, that cross for the first goal was was amazing, wasn't it? Was superb, yeah. I thought it was Marais. I thought it was Marais. So oh. that is, there's one just quick sip. Two actually, Mark. I'm going to be stickler for the rules, but that was two. All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, right, okay. This Sambuca's yes, starting to wear now. Um, yeah, no, I mean David's been. Uh, uh, incredible, really. I mean, it's not a cat and else chance you'd be giving him, a, a, you know, an opportunity at 
turn of the year, but uh, since they moved to this 3-5-2, he's, he's slotted in really well. Um, and I just wonder whether or not it might just depend on, on whether Parkey plans to play in 3-5-2 next season, having you know seen how it's worked this season um, and knowing that you know David has played in that system in the Championship. Um, he's got himself fit. Um, you know, he's uh, he, he knows the, the lie of the land. He, he isn't a, a massively expensive player either. Um, so I personally, you know, in this sort of form, if he's going to show that sort of bad attitude, I think you could do a lot worse than give him a, a year deal. And Mark, I agree with you. Mark, do you Sorry. think that's um, that's that's due to Parkinson's management more than anything else? I mean, he's clearly a player who's got quality. He played in uh, in La Liga before, didn't he, with, with Villarreal? I mean. Is is he, you know, just showing his his actual his ability? You know, I'm to show his ability because of the way that um, Parkinson sets up the team now. Because I think a lot of the defenders looked out of place and looked pretty past it and poor last season under Lennon, didn't they? Well, that's it. I mean, sometimes it, you know your manager just brings your best out, and I thought you know he played some good football under Friedman in a very poor team. Mm. Um, Freeman used him well. He, you know, he, he had the confidence because Freeman believed in him and, and played him in the position he wanted to play in. But unfortunately, the team was playing badly, so he didn't really reflect as well. When when Lenny came in, you know, you know, I think his confidence was shot. Um, you know, regardless of how well he played, I don't think he necessarily got the uh, the pats on the back that he wanted. Uh, you know, Parkinson's played a blinder, and you know, his man management has been absolutely first class with pretty much every single player in the squad and you know he's, he's kept those plates spinning all season with the 25 men he's been allowed to play yeah i think it's really interesting that the, the parkinson question because obviously there's a few other names linked with the, the team at the start of the season which obviously didn't come to pass and i'm sure everyone will agree that parkinson's approach has been absolutely the right one um ian come to you next on that particular one obviously going forward parkinson's experience at the championship if i'm right in thinking it's not particularly extensive but do you have any any issues or concerns with it with his um ability going forward i mean he's obviously deserved the chance to take this team on and let's hope we have a fast start how, how do you think we're going to we're going to get on next season obviously there's going to be a lot to go a lot to happen in between now and then what with recruitment and so on but as a you know as a broad opinion what do you think we're going to do next year i think park is uh, well worth his his opportunity in the championship really i mean what the guys have to deal with this year is just incredible and uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's, it's football, isn't it, in, in the, the next league? So, I mean, from my point of view, he's he's just been absolutely superb. And, uh, and as uh, Mark was just saying about his uh, management skills, um, that, that's half the battle won, isn't it? I mean, that's what uh, uh, Big Sam was, was famous for. You know, it was, well, on one side of things, it was all tactics and, um, you know, performance analysis and, and so on and so forth. But... But the other the, the, the other half to me the important half is, is really getting that man management right and uh, Parky is, is I mean this last season we've seen him weld what three different teams and mm -hmm. stuff the top of my head three different plan formations B, plan A plan B and plan C I think well well exactly yeah I mean I, I've been seeing some of the comments in in, in the BM a few weeks back when we had a, a bit of a stutter you know the, the, having a go at Parky and I just thought they were all mad. Um, but, but to answer your question, I, I think I think he'll be fine, really. I, I think he's, he's earned his chance. Um, I mean, we all know what the championship's like. It is uh, a manager's hellhole, isn't it, really, in regard to um, sackings and all that kind of good stuff. 
Um, but I, I think, um, I don't know, I, I've got a, a feeling he's, he's going to pleasantly surprise uh, some of the Bolton fans uh, up, up there. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, he, I mean, he's got a lot to do this summer, a lot of players out of contract. Um, the, the 10 players that we've got left, he's, he's got to have a, have a look at them, I, I would guess, and, and see who would he actually want to out of those 10 that are in contracts he, he wants to take forward. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, from my point of view, he, from what I've seen over this last 12 months, um, I, I'm, I'm very confident that Parky can do the business uh, to, in the championship, absolutely. Me too. Um, Liam, I was going to come to you next about... Um, I was going to come to you back completely, it slipped my mind. Uh, no, that's it, replacement players. I think we're going to move on to that little topic now quickly. Um, we've obviously got a lot about the contract people and that budget's going to come into it, not to mention the other financial aspects that are lingering in the background like a particularly bad smell. Um, out of the current team, and you know, just go off the ones that played yesterday without getting too deep into the sort of uh, Willie Asker lines of this world. But are there any outstanding players that you think we must keep? I'm thinking primarily the short-term players, um, Adam LaFondra and that, that other fellow, what's his name, the right-winger. Grace, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily want to that's okay people that aren't staying the day after they've just secured promotion. Do you know what I mean? No, of course, of course. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk some of the ones that I think have, have been very important. I think we do keep. I mean, I love Adam Butonda, but Cam Craig, maybe. You know, I, I do think that. He's been great. Absolutely brilliant, mind. But I, I think we're in, a, we're in a good position where we can really take stock of the club. I feel like in the past we've always rushed into signing players that have had a good short spell at us. I don't want to name names because some of them are still on the books, in my opinion. But I think after three or four months, they play well for us and we're there throwing them a, a four, three, four-year contract. I think we're in a position now where we can really take stock and have a look what else is out there and compare it to what we can and can't resign. So I, I take a couple of weeks of really thinking about it before we start offering anyone a new contract, absolutely anyone in the team. I think the, everyone is... There is an upgrade in anybody. I don't think anyone is irreplaceable at this level. So we need to take a bit of time and just decide who we want moving forward and what the plan is. Not necessarily signing players that have played well, what the plan is and how we're going to play next season and is, who is key to that and who's not key to that. I think sorry, Liam, do you, just, just coming in on, on, on that very very quickly, do you think we've got a lot of options up front, though? I mean, strikers are notoriously difficult to get, aren't they? Um, as, as we found out, you know, last season uh, with the likes of signing on Emil Heskey. I just wondered, you know, we, we've, we've got a, a guy who's proved himself in the, in the championship. I, I know what you mean, but um, I, I just think, from my point of view, we've got somebody who's absolutely desperate to stay at the club. Um, uh, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer that, that we, we sign him on, assuming, obviously, from a, a, you know, from a financial point of view, he's happy. Yeah, some of them, don't get me wrong, some of them are going to be an easier decision than others. You know, people like LaFonda and Beret. <laughs> <they're, they're more laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. They're more likely. Do you see, do you see what I mean? Like, it, it, unless you can get better, then, then that's fine. Someone like LaFonda is, is pretty good. It's going to be hard to find someone else. I do agree. But at the same time, I, I'm just not sort of urgent. It's not just not to rush anything. I don't... I don't think there's a shortage of players available on a free or by loan. 
No, there's not. There's not. What about uh, you know, in, in terms of forward players that might be available? What about Zach Clough if Forest go down? It complies with the rule about only playing for two clubs in one year, doesn't it? I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we are his only option if you think about yeah. it that way. Parkinson said as much in an interview a couple of days, uh, on, sorry, straight after the game on the radio, that the, the club's been through so much that it's important that we, we sort of take stock. And obviously Parkinson and his team came from the playoffs with Bradford, didn't really have a break before coming to Wanderers and then landed straight into a steaming pile of shit with us. So I think they're going to take stock and... and Given who we've got behind the scenes and, and working on transfers and so on, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that that'll be done at a, you know, a, a sensible sort of pace. The, the deadline day rushes that we've had when Henry, Amiobi, etc., were all brought in, yeah, lightning fast speed. I'm not sure we'll see that again. Hopefully, we'll see you know time taken, and who knows what will happen behind the scenes with finances. Uh, but but Tom Jenkins, um, Medine is obviously died, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Opinion, divided opinion over the last couple of years. Um, do you think his performances this year have been sufficient to, to warrant another chance? And I'm just going to say that with both Liam's comment about not writing off people who only succeeded for us yesterday, but with the last sort of 12, 18 months in mind. I agree we shouldn't write him off, but uh, it, it's it's hard to justify keeping him on if he's going to play the way he did when we were in the championship because, you know, even a diehard Medine fan can't defend that I mean he, he was he was pretty pretty poor to say the least um I don't know can we get can we get better that's the thing I mean if we, we've probably got to offload, offload Proctor now and get rid of him and so that that's a that's a direct replacement gone um but I don't know I, I think he wouldn't struggle to find another league one club so if Parkinson did have that difficult conversation with him I don't think he'd be too bothered because there's certainly a handful of um of league one clubs who'd be willing to take a punt on him um, well, there's, there's going to be one down the road that's not shy about taking on ex-Bolton players. That's not well, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Do you think it's also a bit harsh to, to judge any of our players who played in the last championship season because they were playing under Lennon, because they weren't getting that money? I was just going to say exactly the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's Is a it bit harsh? Circumstances. Absolutely. And I think oh. the, the, the resurrection that some of, <laughs> some of them have shown with, with Parkinson means that they do deserve another chance because it is people like to beat and Wheater and so on. It is, absolutely is. But then again, were we not talking earlier on about potentially signing somebody from the Scottish Premier League and who's to say <laughs> that, that, that that change, you know, isn't necessarily due to the league they're playing in or the circumstances they find themselves. Um, but, but on that topic, we might as well come back to you, Liam. This McGinn chap we've been linked with today, what do you know about him? He's very good. He's a very good player. He... He, op he occupies the space that maybe Zach Clough would have occupied for us before and perhaps something that Josh Bella's done a little bit. He's a bit more direct. Josh Bella's a bit more direct than now McGinn is. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be a good player. Again, it, I think it's just a simple case of us keeping our options open. It, yeah. I'd be very surprised. If, I'm surprised he's still there, McGinn, to be honest, because he, he, he has had offers in the Championship before and he is a good player. So I'm surprised it's taken him so long to get the move, but yeah, I, I, I think it's the kind of player we should be looking at. He certainly would bring something, I do think. Fair enough. That was a not really a great deal about him other than his name. I think he started off at Celtic, didn't he? Um, okay, Rob, uh, we've got um, Spearing and Prattley in the middle and Carachan as well. Do you think that we might be looking for something else in the in the centre midfield? Obviously, Spearing and Prattley have got the, the sort of tenacity and the energy. 
we need goals, don't we? And Matt Davis, yeah. I think we can probably all agree, his race has run. Um, in terms of goals, obviously, Bella's going to be there. You'd, you'd hope he's played a similar sort of role to one that he's thrived in. Would you be looking for someone you know, along the lines of Bowden, who played for Bristol Rovers, who, who made a really great impact this season? Someone that can score goals and maybe farm League One for talent such as that? I think so, yeah. So I think, in terms of centre midfielder, I think we need someone who can create. I think we've lacked that. Last time in the Championship, we definitely lacked that. Someone who can actually pick a pass, which I think is where someone like Karachan comes in. Um, if we can get him, that'd be a great signing. But um, we we desperately lack goals generally, don't we? So, I mean, even this year, our top scorer has got 10 goals, which isn't great. But um, we kind of spread him around a bit. But last year, like last year, we couldn't score. No one could score, could they? So we need someone, from ideally from the wing, someone like Josh Morris or... Um, like even Marcus Madison maybe from Peterborough um, he's got 17 assists oh, and 9 yeah. goals this year oh so God, God. he was winding me up massively he, he wasn't great yesterday no um, he was there with his little green boots on his tape around his wrist really <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a player moan as much like that since Alan Shearer last came down he wasn't as bad as that Tom Nichols mind that guy was really annoying me he just kept whinging every time he lost the ball um, but we need someone with a goal threat out wide I think Max Clayton is a good example of someone that hasn't really done it this even this year hasn't really done it through not being able to get back from injury. I think I think the time has probably come for Max to leave. Um, but we need to get someone in that's going to create and score goals from wide areas next year. I don't know who that is. But. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Max Clayton, uh, Tom Wilson. That was one of my questions to you. Uh, Clayton struggled to get in the team over the last sort of last three or four weeks. Do you think the writing's on the wall for him, or do you think the fact that he's more than likely to be relatively cheap will we'll work in his favour. Yeah, I wouldn't be asleep if we lost Max Clayton. It's like Liam said, we get really attached to players when they do good things for us. Like when he mm. scored the opening, like when he scored a debut goal against Wigan, we were all thinking, oh, this guy's going to be the next big thing for us. And he's not hit those heights ever since. But we, yeah. we all keep holding on to the to the uh, possibility that he could do that again. Yeah, it's think... the Andronic syndrome, mate. Andronic <laughs> syndrome. The, the yeah. less you play, the better you get. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of next season, I'd be happy with staying up. I'd consider next season as absolutely yeah. stay up. Um, as far as who we should uh, keep or let go, um, I think Lafondra, um, Marez, um Hey, <laughs> I think we should keep Bella because you know even considering his shortcomings as a man, I still think he's an important part of our team. Evers <laughs> <laughs> is a must too. I think he can really step up and become um, one of the best centre backs. One of the best centre backs in the championship if he, uh, if he, um, you know, if he wants to. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I, I can't really comment on who I think we should let go. Matt Davis is an obvious one. His mm. his um, tenure with us ended a good three years ago, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, uh, but I can't really think of anyone else we could let go. Who's in there? No. Who's like a regular player? For us. No, that's absolutely fair enough. Uh, Will, um, obviously I'm going to give you a slightly different question. You saw things from behind the scenes perspective yesterday. Yeah. Uh, what was your opinion of the way the club seems to be operating? Obviously, over the last few years, we've had quite a lot of turmoil, things up and down. Um, I know from my own dealings with people behind the, the, the club behind the scenes this last 12 months or so, and the family feel seems to be a little bit to be coming back. Um, yeah. One that was perhaps perhaps lost over the previous couple of years. I mean, they're very welcome, very accommodating as well and happy to help your people such as yourself are looking for experience but maybe just give us a, a quick idea about your day and how the club helped you I mean it was brilliant I just got in contact with 
uh, Paul Holiday at the club, and he put me in touch with Emma Norris, who's the the club's press officer, um, just because I'm looking to do some sport, some sort of sports media degree at uni. Um, so I just asked her what what were the chances of getting him for a game, perhaps, and um, just so happened that it was this one. So uh, turned up at about ten o'clock on Sunday, um, and she just gave us a quick tour round up in the press box, and then down by the side of the pitch before the game. Obviously, I saw you, Chris. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, they just made us really welcome. I mean, it, obviously they were extremely busy and I saw a couple of players prior to the game, but there wasn't much more that they could show with it being on Sky and everything. So I appreciate that. But um, as far as you're saying, the, the welcoming aspect of it, I think that's kind of helped being like down the leads a little bit. Like Ian, I think, said earlier that um, you don't have to show that sort of professionalism any Well, not anymore, but not as much when you're in League One or the Championship, say. Um, but I know that the Andersons have, I think, have helped bring that back a little bit. And um, I think they've done really well in making it a family club again, really. No, I, I fully agree with you. It's been, it's been refreshing. And I know exactly what you're saying about professionalism. I think maybe it's not so much professionalism. I think maybe it's, it's the, the, the sort of freedom. I know we, we put the spotlight on them and, and Mark's obviously got his job to do. But... People, you're allowed to see the personalities come out a little bit more, haven't you, in terms of uh, in terms of plays? Because what everything they do is perhaps not going to be picked up nationally and taken on, only by dissenting local websites, perhaps. Um, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of slide things towards a sort of finish line a little bit. Very man, it's fan called him. I think a lot of work tomorrow. Uh, Ian, come back to you. We're going to just come to everybody in turn. Start with Ian, then we'll go to Joe and Liam about what you think next season and what represents a success. Oh, that's a good question. I. <sighs> I think um, mid-table uh, uh, <coughs> safety. I, I would I would say really yeah. a, a nice safe season mid-table, uh, no dramas, uh, and gives Parky time to sort of gel a squad that, that's that's good enough to to kick out in the championship. Um, I mean, and the only I suppose dark cloud really, of course, is is, is the finance side. Um, as as we all know, that there's some uh, big clubs now in the championship that have got all the being relegated from the Premiership and I've got all that uh, parachutes uh, money to to play around with, so we're, we're going to go. With, it's sort of going to be a swap round next season. Um, like this season, we've been very much uh, one of the big fish. I think next year that, that's obviously not the case. So, so yes, I, I think finding our feet in, in in a new Championship is. Um, I, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Do you think you could maybe give us a quick brief rundown on, on the present situation? I know you're particularly interested in that side of things? Um, at the moment, um, Blue Marble uh, are, um, are, are taking the, the club to task over um, the club repayments, um, as has obviously been reported. Um, they've, they've issued or they've got a winding up petition uh, raised against the club. Um, I think from what I remember with, with Mark's article, actually, that the hearing date is, is the 22nd of May. Um, on, on conversely, we, we had uh, Ken Anderson this morning on, on Grace Manchester Radio saying that he had that in hand, um, and, and hopefully they, they, they would come up with, with, with some agreement as to uh, taking it forward. Um, I mean, it, it is all small cameras, to be honest with you, Chris. Um, uh, we, we can only hope now um, that with the, the huge advantage, and it, and it is a big advantage that, that Ken Anderson has got now, with the fact that Old Wanderers aren't the club aspiring to be back in the Championship, we are now a Championship club. 
and that, that quite obviously for all kinds of uh, particularly investment side of things uh, makes it makes it makes a big difference so uh, I'm, I'm sure um, Ken if he's, if he's around or been sleeping easier over the last night or so um, and we'll just have to wait and see um, you know he's, he's, he's got a lot of um, challenges over the next couple of months with the embargo with various creditors uh, calling in um, the, the payments and, and so on and so forth. Um, but I mean, to be fair to the guy, he, he's, he's still up and running. Uh, what, what is it now? 13 months after after the takeover. So so maybe you know once again he, he, he can surprise us in the next month or so, and and um, set us up to, to go forward into the next season. Uh, we'll Indeed. see. We will see. Indeed, it's a complex web, isn't it? And uh, and of course, I'm sure you'll keep us all up to date as far as things like that progress. Uh, credit, oh, yes. credit's got to go to them, obviously. You know, there's, there's, there's things they do and perhaps things they don't do that maybe other people disagree with. But uh, ultimately, we've got promotion against our odds, haven't we, I think? And so there's a lot to be thankful for. In that. Uh, Joe, same question to you then. Uh, what represents success for you next season? Is it staying up or do you think we should maybe see how we get on? Maybe look at the example of the likes of Brentford who've come up and, and thrived. Um Fulham, who've perhaps come from, from similar sort of situations where things look to be against them. Or do you reckon it really is just to you know, get to that you know, 40, 50 points and, and hopefully that'll be enough? Yeah, well, I think um, survival is pure, pure and simple, really. I mean, I, with all the hmm. adversity Ian was talking about there and, and with the contract situation, I mean, the people will be in the summer, inevitably some players will leave. You'll have a different group of players next year. It'll take them a while to gel. You know, we, we are still operating within pretty tight financial constraints compared to, yeah, the likes of, you know, Sunderland or whoever else drops out of the premiership and get parachute payments. I mean, I, I'd be perfectly happy with us finishing just above the relegation places and staying up next season, really. And keeping all the key players like Bella and Beavers, really, I think, and, uh, and Maurice. Really, there we go. Liam? We've got to win it. That bed sheet's coming back out, Liam. Would you agree? It is. It is. It is. <laughs> no, on a, on a serious note, um, survival is really You can't. I mean, who knows what our team's going to look like? So, just just as long as we stay up, just go from there, really. I mean, I, I had no real expectations for this season, to be honest, just to see how things go. You know, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll have a guess in August, but you've just got no idea how it's going to how it's going to look. No. Where we're going to be there. No, it could be completely recognisable, couldn't we? All I want to know is that all I want to ensure is that we don't have one of those Dougie Friedman starts. You know, the sort of no wins, no wins in ten. Uh, and I say it, you know, semi tongue in cheek, but you, as long as you start on the front foot, I think at least you're always ahead of yourself. Then um, and I'll come to you next, Mark, and then Matt after that on the same sort of question. Um, a fast start, I think, is essential. I'm obviously not expecting to be winning five out of five, Mark, but not not to be looking up. From an early point, the season's got to be essential, surely. Yeah, yeah, I think that Sheffield United win first game of the season was a big one, wasn't it? Even when you sort of look at pre-season, the, the right tone was set, wasn't it? And, and your Parker was saying the right things. There were a couple of, you know, decent results, decent performances, and people weren't just down on the team from, from the get-go. Um, and then, of course, you know, they went in having not won an away game since Adam was a lad got that result at Wimbledon and, and all of a sudden there was there was no negative stats to throw at him. So I suppose that's you know that's that's the aim. I think it's been a, a big sort of reality 
uh, check. I think for the ball wanderers going going down and, and, and experiencing that level, I think people have realised if if you're reading from the same page and, and you know the you know, fans are in it with the club and this this whole sort of family feel that we've been talking about tonight, you know it can actually inspire a bit and it, it feels better to support the club and I think that will actually resonate next season. I think it'll spill into next season. I think maybe there'll be a bit more patience. I think people will be a bit more realistic with what they want from the team. Um, you know, I hope certainly from my point of view that you know people are just a you know a little bit happier <laughs> around the place. You know, because you know we realise how close we did come to to having a club at all. So uh, yeah. uh, I think it has been good. This season's been good for Bolton Wanderers, and I think you know if you if you look back in history, the way that, that Rioch did it, Rioch took them up. The, the season after that, I think they finished 14th, if memory serves. The season after that, going to the playoffs, we know what happened from there. So I'd like history to repeat itself, personally. No, that'd be really nice. I know we're talking about some different perspectives, but even just writing about Bolton when things are going well is so much more pleasurable. And I know that, you know, websites go sometimes got a reputation being a bit on the negative side, but there's not been a great deal to be positive about the last few years. But mm. Uh, mm. I, I like to think that, that the writing that, that you and I both but obviously you're doing it as a profession, I'm doing it as a hobby. Um, it is is more positive and it is much more fun, more interesting to, to be like that. Um, it, it just makes things a lot easier for everybody. Uh, life is life is always good when Paul and win. Uh, Matt, I'm going to come to every single one of you in turn. So Matt, you're next. Uh, success next season, what does that look like to you? Um, I think it's already been said, I'll be happy with survival. But with a little side note, I'll be happy with survival if we get a sort of team, like I think as Liam said earlier, it's sort of not necessarily just signing good players, but signing players for a system or for a plan. So if we can, if I can see the players have been signed for a system, like I, I personally don't think Clarkie will go back to three in the back next year. I think he, he preferred four two three one. I think he'll sign players for that system. And if I can see that he's getting a decent top man, he maybe gets a new keeper or something like that, and then I can look for the next season that he'll get the sort of the other finishing picks of that. I think I'd be happy with that, just some good signings and just surviving. But I mean, history is kind of littered with teams that do the sort of the, have that good first season. I remember a while ago, Bristol City came up from League One and then immediately found themselves in the playoff final the following year. And then you had, I think it was Southampton the year after that, did the double promotion. And then there's another one as well, was it Leicester City or something like that? Did the, went up like two years in the rubble within two years, three years, something like that. So, the first season, you never know with these things, but I'll get survival. Excellent. No, I, I fully agree with you on that. Um, okay, next we'll come to uh, Tom Jenkins. Tom, uh, interesting that, uh, that Matt mentioned the goalkeepers there. Do you think that either of the two first choices, either Howard or Annick, can be upgraded upon? Uh, and if so, have you got anyone in mind, potentially? And maybe just touch on Ben Amos as well, who's obviously coming back into the picture. I, I'm a big fan of, of Ben Anik. I think him, he's much better shot stopper than Mark Howard and he can kick at least. Mark Howard just frustrates the hell out of me because he cannot kick to save his life. I was there at Port Vale and it was just embarrassing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he well, was, wasn't as bad yesterday, I suppose, but just, God, yeah, I, I want rid of him. And Ben Anik, uh, just so much better, as I said, as a shot stopper, as, a, as just a better goalkeeper in general. Ben Amos, I think we can all agree, he just he couldn't save anything that was that was just outside the box, could he? I mean, I, I remember the, the, I, I finally gave up um, again when, when we um, watched the Bolton against QPR uh, and we, we were one nil up until the last minute. And Matt Phillips took a pop shot just from outside the box and just went under him. 
when it had no right to go under him. And I, I lost faith in, in Ben Amos at, at, at that point. So, yeah, we definitely need to upgrade a keeper. But I've got to be honest with you, I've got no no one I can I can think of who we could possibly replace them with. I'm, I trust in Parker to find someone. But, I don't know, it seems, it seems as though a lot of teams have got quite stable goalkeepers, apart from maybe at Wolves, where it seems that Lonergan and Akimi. They, 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 they seem to swap the jersey around quite a lot. So, I don't know, maybe a return of Andy Lonergan could be on the cards. Uh, I'm sure if you if you believe what you read online, the Wolves fans will be quite happy to give him a lift. Rob, OK, so we are bringing this to, a, to an early, early sort of close, but uh, I'm going to offer you the same chance. So, what does success represent to you next season? And, and have you got any immediate transfer targets in mind? Obviously, bearing in mind we've got an unlimited pot of money to spend. <laughs> yeah, um, I think in terms of next year, I think obviously staying up is the goal. Um, but I, I look at the championship. I don't really see. Obviously, there's going to be the guys coming down from the Premier League. You're going to have a bit more money, and this seems like Reading, Sheffield Wednesday potentially, who are who are better type of fairly good teams. But you look at the bottom of the table. There's teams in there like Barnsley, Ipswich, Bristol, QPR, Burton. They're not great teams, so. I think if we kind of take what we've got this year, which is like a solid back four, um, maybe keep Medine if we need like a target man, then I think we've got a fair chance at mid-table. Um, we need to add to it a bit, and then obviously the kind of financial situation will fit into that. But yeah, I'm not I'm not particularly negative about next year yet. So um, yeah, I think we'll do all right next year. Uh, I think we need, I think as I mentioned earlier, if you mentioned... We need a midfielder. We need to build out the midfield a bit. Um, we need a right back. Um, if we're going to play four at the back, we need a right back. Um, if we keep Andy Taylor from Wigan next year, that'd be good. Um, if we signed a right back, Rob, who would play in front of him? Anyone in particular? <laughs> I think Philippe Murray might be a good option there, to be honest. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent idea. If we can sign Murray, maybe Murray can play right wing. I'm happy about that. Just next to a bottle of wine. In terms of uh, right backs, uh, what happened to all the Stephen Darby rumours? Because I, I, there was quite a lot of talk that he'd be signing, wasn't there? Wasn't it a pre-contract deal we done? Yeah, yeah, I mean, if if a popular rumour be believed, then there's a deal on the table. But hey, mm. what do we know? We'll see what happens about that. I'm sure we'll. Uh, taking stock over the next few days before making the first moves in the market. Um, Tom Wilson, obviously we've got to the point now for the podcast where we can start being a little bit on the silly side. Wasn't it good last night when uh, Roman Reigns got the shit kicked out of him? I'll be honest, I don't remember any of it because I was absolutely blinded at that point. Um, <laughs> sensational. It was sensational. I saw David Weeter in the tunnel before the game when I was with uh, Mark, founding father of LOV, and uh, I bottled it. I bottled talking to him about it, and I felt like I'd be we're trying to stay cool in front of the footballer. I didn't mention anything about that whatsoever. Um, but I will come back to football. The question is is success next season. How does that look to you? Uh, I said it for uh, it's uh, survival for me. Um, I think mid table is kind of reaching for the stars at the moment. We need to establish ourselves as a championship side again. We don't want to become like a yo yo team like Wigan. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. We don't want to Just, be like the team down the road. Exactly. And um, yeah, I, we just need to um, get something to build on and then take it from there, I think. Okay. I think that's a very pragmatic Phil Parkinson-esque answer. Uh, okay, <laughs> so Will, we'll come to you for the final, that's the final question of the night. Uh, success to you next season. Do you think we do need to just focus on, on finishing 20th or whatever it is in that league? Yeah. I think, as Tom said, we do need to just establish ourselves back in top two flights of 
English football again. I mean, I've seen a couple of people say on Twitter that we were always too big for League One. Um, and I would just like to see us stay up there and not be the yo-yo team like Wigan. Um, but, I mean, yeah, mid-table is probably too much to ask at this point. But if you can get a solid finish, be it 15th or whatever, I'd be happy with that, really. But I think the main objective for the club will be just to, to stay up. But, yeah. I think he's completely right on that. Stability, really. Yeah, no, it's very important, isn't it? Uh, any sympathy with Wigan whatsoever? No. Nope. Nope. Not even <laughs> now, nope. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, would you like to thank Bradford City for le- releasing Philippe Moraes? And Phil Parkinson, for that matter. I think the impact analysis on that is off the chart, isn't it? Well, it's been an absolute... Sorry, say that again. Uh, I think we can thank them in advance for Mark Marshall as well. <laughs> that would be very good. Mark Marshall, of course, joining for the season. Can I ask a question as well, Chris? I've got a question for everyone. Would you rather see Blackburn go down or rather see Zach Clough get relegated with Forest? I thank Zach Clough for everything he's done for us this season, both in terms of his, uh, his performances and allowing himself to be sold to facilitate us actually existing as a football club. So I hold no ill, no desire to see Zach Clough suffer whatsoever. <laughs> that said, you present me with a real terrible choice here because I love playing Blackburn. I love talking to Blackburn fans about how, how bad they are, about how better we are. And the games are always fantastic spectacles. Mm. So you're leaving a massive dilemma there. I'm going to have to come down and find I've just liked Blackburn longer than I love Zach Clough. So if you're listening, I'm sure you are. I'm sorry, but I'd have to see Forest go down just because, because I I can't have a season in the league without playing Blackburn Rovers. It, it feels wrong to me. Wigan, I can <laughs> take they only come along five minutes ago. Nobody really cares about them very much. Yeah. <laughs> Blackburn means more to me as an, as an, as an enemy than it does anybody else. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry for that, mate. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a chaotic podcast. We've all agreed that, uh, that Wanderers have done unbelievably well to get this far this season given the constraints in which they've worked upon uh, and we're looking forward to next season to a very eventful summer a long summer as well the earliest I've never received I'm not really that keen about it I'm going to have to speak to the wife and, and spend time with the kids which is obviously very disappointing um, but going forward it's been an effective season as well as terms of the website and, uh, and all that everything we, we bring and that we offer it's been busy and we've got a lot more planned over the summer more and obviously regular articles and so on. So it remains for me to, to say goodnight, one and all. I'm going to ask you all just to let us know your little Twitter handles before we finish. Look if you find the internet if you've enjoyed what you've said tonight. We'll be back with more podcasts over the summer. So Ian, thank you for, for being part of the podcast tonight. Where can people find you online if they want to talk to you about all things? Yeah, once again, thanks for the invite, Chris. Um, you can find me at, at SuperWhiteSmith. Uh, just give me um, a, a quick shout if you want to talk anything about Wanderers, and I'll do my best to, to reply. Fantastic, John. Oh well, thanks. Uh, thanks again for inviting me on, Chris. This is my my debut podcast. Um, if anyone wants to find me online, it's at Dr. Joe McKenzie with an A. Uh, happy to answer any questions about what Wanderers, but nothing medical. <laughs> 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 I've known you for about 30 years and I wouldn't come to you for any advice on anything Bolton or medical. <laughs> 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 you heard it there first, so take care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
wake up in a, in a theatre somewhere and you're handing over me, then you might have to stick a needle in my neck straight away. I don't want you anywhere near my back. <laughs> <laughs> I know fully what you're capable of. Liam O'Mara? Uh, yeah, uh, at Liam underscore O'Mara. Should be an easy one to find. Very good, very good. Mark, obviously the famous Mark Hiles, the most influential journalist in, in modern football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at sexpot XXX. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine, Mark. Are you doing? Yeah, I didn't give you permission to give that out. In fact, the one thing I wanted to ask you, I don't know if you, if you follow many journalists online, but it's been a very interesting debate last couple of days between um, Duncan Castle's sort of... Um, yeah. The, the bald-headed bastard child of Jose Mourinho and Miguel Delaney of the Independent, I think he's working for these days. Um, Inter-journalist rivalries online. Give us a quick 30 seconds on that topic, please, because I find it fascinating. Yeah, you get you get the odd ones. It's only the national lads that, that bother with that sort of stuff. Most of the local lads it just can't be asked. We just want to get paper out, really. But uh, no, the, at the top level, they take it very seriously. Also, in the northeast as well, they all hate each other. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so kind of um, the, the rivalry between the papers up in the northeast in particular is is a is a bad one. See, it started to get that like that over here now in, in sort of the, the Manchester patch with the national lads. They're all on top of each other for stories, but uh, oh, I can't be bothered. That's why I don't do national journalism. It's just it's not worth the effort. No, it certainly seems to be a, a bit childish, to say the least. Uh, but yeah, Duncan Castles is a mess. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, where can people find you online, mate? Uh, uh, I mean, oh, wait, Mark or Matt? No, no, I thought you said Mark as well. I'm like, I'm just asking that yeah. question. I'll be stammer. <laughs> 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 you know, Matt's at sex, sex part XXX. I didn't hear the race there. That's two swigs. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, at Matt. You want to speak to Matt about FIFA? He's our resident FIFA editor slash expert as well. Uh, obviously, this is a, a pro evolution podcast. Equal, opportunity, equal opportunities means we allow Matt on from time to time. Uh, Tom <laughs> Jenkins, Tom, where can people find you, mate? Uh, is that TJ1400 on uh, on Twitter? 14 being owner of the Super Kevin Davis and the heir to his throne, Gary Medine, of course. <laughs> you forgot Andre Moritz there, by the way. I presume that was an accidental oversight on your part. Yeah. I, had, I had him on my shirt a couple of years back. So, yeah, yeah kidding. Poor, poor, poor judgment in terms of players, of course. Oh. Yeah, I presume that was a freebie. <laughs> no, it's, like everyone, it's because everyone I get on the back of my shirt always seems to get injured. I had Stuart Holden on the back of my shirt when he did his, uh, when he did his knee. So, uh, yeah, I, I was in hope that Moritz, uh, Moritz would bugger off. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, he, he did. He did exactly that as well. Rob, um, one one thing I wanted to ask you, and I completely forgot. After the game on Sky, I don't know if they showed any of the uh, the post match celebrations. I could have been wrong, and I was a little bit distracted. But I think the stadium announcer got Parkinson's name wrong when he was announcing everybody coming out. Yeah. Did he? <laughs> did, anybody confirm, did anybody confirm or deny? He called him Gary. He did indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I heard that. And Steve Parkin as well. I'm pretty sure he got that name wrong as well. Did he? <laughs> mm. But Rob, your, your, your online presence, mate, where can people get you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Laz. Nice uh, Tom Wilson. Uh, if you want intelligent, mature, but more just discussion, you have shit out of it. But if you want jokes about Josh Feller and the borderline creepy uh, man crush over uh, Derek Sede, then you, you're come to the right place. Uh, you can go to at, at Colter Wilson. 
Did you see Derek's um, video of him dancing at the party last night with, without, without wearing socks? He's no Ooh. socks on. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> those, 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 those espadrilles. They, they rubbed a hell of a lot. No, you don't need socks. No, well, similar to the V to the end of the game in his flip flops. Yeah, but he's trying to, he can carry that off, can't he? <laughs> yeah. Super, Will? Uh, you can find me at WI1LG. Fantastic. Well, it's been a pleasure, lads. I'm, I'm grateful for all of you for coming on tonight and for, for sharing your Sambuca, your Jager bombs, and your, your Kestrel super strength. Uh, I'm at 90 Manning Gate 3 as usual. Keep it live at Vienna STE on Twitter. Uh, we've got a brand new logo going live in the next couple of hours. Fantastic. We've been awarded that by our American overlords, so thank you very much for that, lads. It's been a pleasure. This has been the end of the love pod. We'll be back again in a week or so. We're still going to talk much, as Bolton, despite the fact the season's finished. So that's all. One last drink to Philippe Marais, boys. Great. Great. <laughs> so well done, Bolton Wanderers. We love you all to bits, and we'll see you next week. Thanks very much. Bye.